0: This podcast, You Are What You Read, is brought to you by Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a monthly subscription service that allows you to curate your own original box of books each month from a selection of hundreds of bestsellers. Book of the Month features diverse and current titles for all readers, and they make their subscription options easy and flexible so you can spend less time researching and more time reading. Behind on your reading list? Skip the monthly selection and use a credit for a book the following month. Prefer to listen to titles when you're on the go? Opt for an audiobook. Book of the Month has a reading experience tailored just for you. If you're already reading most Book of the Month titles, try a membership in 2024. And because you're a listener here at You Are What You Read, you can head to bookofthemonth.com to get your first book for just $9.99. That's right. 999 just use code adri at checkout that's a-d-r-i at checkout happy reading hi everybody i am thrilled that you're listening to this podcast today because it's a really special one on this week's episode of you are what you read we remember the great writer andre leon talley Nobody wrote about fashion like he did. Nobody was an aesthete like he was, and he had an honest and flinching view of the world. This is an exclusive interview, a conversation we had in 2020 in December of 2020. This week marks 2 years since Andre's passing, and his tremendous influence continues. Andre Leantali was a journalist, stylist, creative director, and editor-at-large of Vogue magazine. Andre was a rare figure at the top of a field that was mostly white and notoriously elitist. He was the first male African-American editor of Vogue, and he wrote in a style that made readers feel included and elevated. His essays were hip, his byline was chic, and he could write about anything, a hemline, a fabric, a starlet in sequins and leather, you name it. He would place fashion in a historical context and explain how the fashion world worked without making readers feel like its creations and ambition was out of reach. He stood six foot six inches tall, and everything about Andre Leon Talley was grand. He was an arbiter of good taste, a dramatist with a flair for storytelling. And he could tell the saga behind a designer. He had an aching need to connect his Aunt Lavinia to Coco Chanel because he could not shake the images of the chic, daring African-American women in his family. It was those women that spurred him into the world of fashion with their style, elegance and example. Truth be told, I had so much to discuss with Andre in this interview after reading his memoir, The Chiffon Trenches, and then ALT, that I was overwhelmed by him, by the lists of people, places, and designs, by the columns, the essays, the quotes, the interviews, that I was for the very first time too in awe to get to the point. But I persisted. Andre Leon Talley was worth it. I wanted to understand the world through Andre's lens, and he was so happy and so patient to walk us through it. I don't think it's fair to be reductive about Andre Leon Talley, and like all the great thinkers and writers and luminaries, he heard the distant chimes without living in the bell tower. Beauty roiled through Andre's world. It wasn't doled out in portions. Beauty was in fact a force, and it didn't have a color or a vibe or a specific button or hem. Andre was one of those rare people. He just knew it when he saw it. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre Leon Talley. The fact that you're reading Pauline Kale to me is very interesting because as I went through and 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 the life that you led Mm -hmm. through the 70s, the 80s, Mm -hmm. the 90s, Mm the aughts, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. When I look back at the 70s, you realize that those designers, let's just name a few: Bill Glass, Jeffrey Bean. Jeffrey Bean, Yeah. They were all I, I go back to when somebody's raised. And that is where you find the artist's inspiration. And I would say that those guys were all into Katherine Hepburn. They loved the suit.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant perception. All of those guys were raised on, on Cheerios and the Cheerios were the films of the 30s and the 40s. There you go. Cheerios, that's what they drank, they ate every morning. They loved Hollywood. They loved Catherine Hepburn. They loved the women. They loved the zany and Russell. They loved Adrian and all the clothes. Edith Head. What could be better than Edith Head? Dressing Grace Kelly when she was in Rear Window. Have you ever seen anything like Grace Never. Kelly?
0: You know, I have a wonderful anecdote about Edith Head because well, I'm going to send you my novels because you're going to be into them. Okay, but okay, I course. wrote one about Loretta Young and Clark Gable.
1: Oh, wow. She had a child, love child with him and, and peeled the I ears the- back. Pin the ears what, back so people could recognize it was the daddy was a Clark Gable. See what I know? See what I know? Pin the ears back. The little, but, little girl had the ears pin back. So yes. people, oh, maybe the daddy's let,
0: Clark Gable. Let me tell you what—that's the best because well, we'll talk about. We've got hours of discussions to have about all this stuff, but the 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 movies of that time. I wanted to write about the ingenuity of the movies. Yes. And and just what it what they meant to people. Yes. And it's very um, it, it 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 saturated every aspect of society. Yes, yes. Because that's where you, you went to the movies and it was you saw it all. That's where Everything. style came from.
1: Yeah. When you were grew up in a rural town or Hicksville, like I came from Hicksville, Durham, North Carolina, tobacco. Hickstone
0: Gap, Virginia. We uh, uh, and,
1: and there you sit and you go weekly to the cinema and you see on television and you just have your world opens up. And you realize that there is a world beyond that outside that door of that field that you see, that, that corn mm-hmm. field, or that garden snake, or that chicken in the yard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I worked Brown once said, you write as if you your, your whole life has been influenced by movies. Because when I was young, movies were influenced. Where else could you see the glamour? And even though a flawed film like Gone with the Wind, it's a great piece, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, when I look at that movie now, I think about not the, the, the story, but the clothes. Mm-hmm. And the clothes, how they evolved into America from the 18th to the 19th century. The hoop skirt, the whole idea of the evolution of the, the woman must be in cage in a big skirt, hard to move around in. All that stuff looks easy in the film. But that's some impossible stuff to get around in. You got
0: oh, layers up something. And how about what it evolved into? It evolved into the bustle. And the you bustle. sit down in that. You couldn't sit. It was like, don't sit down. Don't make yourself at home. Get yeah. out. That's what and they the, did with women. And by the
1: way, the sofas at that period were hard to sit on. Uh, uh, a Victorian uh, sofa or a uh, sofa made the time for the bustle is a hard piece of brick. So when you sit down, the woman is always uncomfortable. Thank God Coco Chanel came in and re- liberated women. Coco. Germany. Coco. Yeah.
0: Shorts, pants, get them, you know. Get, get, it, get, get it going. You got to you gotta move, girl. You got to move. You got to walk. Walk down the street. Mm-hmm. Be independent. Sportswear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're, I want everybody to know this. You are fluent in French, majored in it, studied yeah. it. Yes, then, yeah. I mean, you, you're, it's in, mm, <laughs> the French <laughs> element. It's not have like television French. show. I can't, you know. I, and I should be your sidekick. You should have. I love you so much, and I don't have words. When I read in here who you were terrified, I'm always so terrified. But then by the end, I was like, hmm. What, what Andre cares about is kindness. So if I flub, he'll be all right. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, now good. wait now, because I wrote something down that I have to ask you about. Okay, so I had this idea that you bring up the bustle and you bring up the sofa, because to me, interior design and fashion, it, 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 I don't care how good you look. If you don't look good in the room, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so if you don't have that wallpaper, it's not, it's not fit. It, yeah, it doesn't okay. fit.
1: It doesn't fit. Okay. It
0: don't fit. Yeah, it, got, it must. So I was thinking about Scaparelli, Elsa Schiaparelli Yeah. Now yeah. I went back and I got I collected all those books because I was obsessed wow. with it. the lobster dress. All oh, that craziness. The which telephone
1: I handbag.
0: Oh, the bag. But here's the thing about her. There would be no Elsa Schiaparelli without. Elsie De oh,
1: Well, there you
0: are. What's I what? think I'm graduating from the Andre Leon Challenge ah! School of Fashion. <laughs> no, I I think about this. This is what obsesses me, and and when you talk about the movies, uh, that is the single biggest influence on fashion that ever was. I mean, think about the bathing costumes that that led to Coco's design of the yes, the sailor yeah. pants and the yes, you know, that was all for... Everything that she created for sportswear came from dance numbers.
1: Yeah. And, and she also created costumes for the great Di- Diaghilev, the ballet roost that was the modern invention of the modern dance. Yeah. Historically, she was right up there with the great artists and creative people. She paid for Diaghilev's funeral over there in Venice when they took him on the boat to the cemetery on an island. She paid for the whole funeral. So Coco was right up there with the modern times.
0: And look what she did for Verdura. The Whoa. Duke. Now I was obsessed, obsessed with actually. him too, the Duke. I That's just want right. to try the jewelry on.
1: Oh, it's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And it's still very much relevant today. It's very modern stuff. It's,
0: it's, it's very mod. Very, very mod, modern. Mod, mod. Cool mod. Cool now, mod. So, so when we're drawing our, you know, our, our lines through cinema. Yeah. Yes. Pauline Kael. Let's get back to Pauline. Okay. So who said to you that you were influenced by the movies?
1: Tina Brown. Great, great editor. Great journalist. Great person. Mm -hmm. I I speak to her all the time by email. She's a great person. I worked for her. She was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. And always is and always will be.
0: Mm -hmm. Something about those Brits, right?
1: Yeah, they got it. You know what? It all starts at home. It starts at home. It starts with your home training. You are who you are because in your childhood something something happened to you. You saw the light. Your parents or wherever you grew up, there was light in your house. It mm-hmm. starts in your home. Tina had she went over to read at Oxford and all that stuff. Anna Winter it starts at the home. Her daddy was Sir Charles Winter. Mm-hmm. Anna Winter is the most powerful woman in fashion today.
0: Now she, let me ask you this: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out flat right now. Lay it out flat, darling. I'm laying it out flat because you know we have to. You have to be on TV about. Fifteen years ago, yeah. I was sitting around with some friends, some of whom you know. Our friend Susan, great, I mean, great Susan Fails Hill, the great—I mean, great Susan Fales Hill,
1: Wonderful okay, lady. one of my
0: besties. Okay, wonderful girl. So, wonderful girl. about fifteen years ago, I said to her, "I said, let's look at the lay of the land here." <laughs> I said, "You know what? Nobody's going to go anywhere. Age has changed, sweetie. It has changed. My cinematographer on the last movie I directed." 79 years old. President it. of
1: the United States, 77 years old. There and i 71 and get, years nobody's old.
0: nobody's quitting. Nobody's and going maybe, anywhere. And let's just connect this now to moments
1: that are of that. Candace Bergen, 74, and in that new movie with Meryl, Steven Sonderberg, let them talk. That Marie yep. Dowd piece was so genius last two weeks ago. You mm-hmm. see, two weeks, two Sundays ago, Candaceburg, the privileged girl, grew up with a dummy. Her daddy was in love with the, the dummy he talked through. Didn't she leave her a You know
0: what, she is fascinating. But she's, she's fascinating now. Now. Now, with this breath of life experience. I mean, we can sit down, who, just who she had dinner with is like you'd eat up a month. <laughs> then who she knew. Then who she was in love with. But then what she went to bed with.
1: Yep. And she will tell. And I'm gonna tell you one thing. There's never been anything like Candace Bergen in the group with that veil on and that cat. Oh, when she gets in that little rose to the, go to the cemetery, baby. There has never been an image. So when view. I
0: was when I was doing your li- your lineage right yes, down the line, yes, I yes. thought I bet I'm gonna say two people. I think Bonnie and Clyde was big for you. Was Bonnie and Clyde big no. for you in fashion terms? No. Oh, interesting. Okay, so thing i missed that one you how missed about, that one <laughs> how about pam greer bro yeah andre can i tell you i worked <laughs> on a show uh, that tim reed and susan created and I, I i she gave me a bicycle i love her to this day Pam Greer because you i want to get into the gifts you give gave people i yes, cannot yes. believe the gifts you gave people yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, but
0: yeah. we're gonna get to that but so <laughs> i so this is my favorite thing and i'm gonna someday put it in a book i don't know how So I went up to Pam and I hadn't seen her in a few months. And I said, my God, Pam, you are so slim. What did you do? She says, you want my diet plan? And I said, yes, please, Pam. She said, don't eat potatoes and love yourself.
1: Brilliant. Don't eat potatoes. That's
0: what she said. Don't eat potatoes and love yourself.
1: Genius. I love Pam Greer. I love her.
0: There's nobody like her. You know, she's a farm girl.
1: She's I know a, she's got a ranch and she
0: loves horses and she everything. She cattle. I mean, she is, but she's, she's also, out there
1: in the Midwest doing her thing.
0: And she's kind.
1: Very kind. Very kind, lady.
0: You know, very that goes a long way with me.
1: That goes a very long way with me too, baby.
0: Now, I want to say this about Coco Chanel when we're talking about age. Yes. She blew back into the consciousness. She defined all the way through Jackie O through 65. Oh, baby, totally. And your friend Lee Radzivale. She She defined it. I know. They I got divided. to meet her. She was very oh. nice. Uh, Lee died. I know. She's not. Well, please. Andre, <laughs> it's just life. a veil. Next Next Andre, Andre it's just a veil between here and there. Okay.
1: All right, sweetie. And
0: Thank we're all know. headed towards a dirt nap, so let's not stand on any kind That's of ceremony. Dirt nap. You call it dirt nap. It's oh the dirt goodness. nap. My goodness. The dirt nap. Okay, so let's get back to Coco. Coco. So when Coco made her comeback in the 50s, Hey, she was about almost 80, wasn't she?
1: She was. She was almost, yeah. And she had, you know, her wig was sewn into the hat. She had a wig and she would put the whole, the wig and hat on at the same time. The wig was sewn into the hat, darling. I love that. And she didn't have time to waste six net wigs. She put all it on one time, like a man, you know, jumping into the suit. She had a comeback. They didn't like the show, but the Americans loved it. But the French would poo-poo because, you know, the Nazi association. Reportedly, there was... Right, you know, right. Well, who knows? Who knows? That's allegedly. But the Americans loved the suits. And she had that big comeback, and the Americans reinvented Coco. Not the French, because they were punishing her for her reportedly collaboration. No, And Coco is it. Collaboration. And let me tell you, Coco was the most modern thing in the world. When they had the Chanel retrospective of the Met, 2005, there was suntan cream they had the original suntan creams in the vitrines in the wind in the mirror exhibition to show that Coco was the first to realize that the girls had to go get their suntans
0: and she created a cream, had it manufactured. They had the original did, tube. Did any woman in your family wear Chanel number five?
1: My grandmother was privileged to wear it because I would bring it to her from Paris. And I would also bring her, hello, Chanel suits from the boutique from Carl Weigerfeld. And I would give dresses. She would give me silk. He used to design for Clory. And he would give me silk. And I would have the dresses. I would take the silk home and she'd have them made by her, her dressmaker. Her okay, dressmaker. so here's
0: what, here's what I got to tell you. I think probably the women in your family dressed as well as anybody. Oh, my,
1: my Aunt Luvinia turned them out on Easter Sunday. When Aunt Lavinia came, and I was young then. I was not. Aunt Luvinia came on Easter Sunday. She lived in D.C. She was a maid all her life to some high fancy Republican family over there that would go to watch here in Rhode Island for the summer. Aunt Lavinia came down one Easter, and for Easter Sunday, we went to church, our family church, and she stepped out of the car in a lavender swing coat. It was full on volume, like Dior's new look, and it was lavender stilettos and a big lavender purse the size of a carry-on. But in those days, you carried big handbags. Have you ever known, Do handbags it. in the 50s and 60s were like little suitcases. And the whole thing, lavender on lavender on lavender and the gloves, I realized then Aunt Lavinia was stop. She turned it out. She was not conservative. She lived in DC, so she was exposed. This sweet coat impressed me to no end. When I saw her walking up the sidewalk to the church, I followed her, and my eyes were just following stiletto heels. It's the first time I ever saw a stiletto heel in real life. And then I saw them in Vogue. So I said, oh, Aunt is wearing the Vogue shoe, the stiletto heel. You know, black women didn't have those little heels in those no, names. Those were, no, 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 no. Black women were traditional conservative. Her sisters, my grandmother was her best favorite sister, had a little black little suit, like a little tight hourglass suit at very low heels, uh, very corrected print. Because you uh, could wear that
0: suit to a wedding or a funeral. And
1: my, it still was it's in her closet day home. That suit was 50 years old when she died, okay? And it still looked new. Now, I'm going to tell you, Aunt Lavinia did not wear no black suits. She turned it out. She turned it on a dime. That coat had so much fabric, she swish, swoosh, and swish, and sway. And everything
0: was lined.
1: Lined and beautiful, beautiful. So that's where you get it all in your childhood. You get it all. And Candace had a brilliant childhood, albeit her daddy left her no money, gave it all to the puppet, the wooden doll. But then she had a great life. She had the beautiful daughter, Chloe Mile, who's a Vogue editor. She had the great husband, who's given her a great life, has an apartment. In the same building Jackie Kennedy lived in for 30 years. She has a house in Southampton. They put on the market for 18 million. And she went to the legendary Truman Capote black and white ball in a Halston dress and Halston beat bunny ears. She wore white mink bunny, Playboy bunny ears as a mask. And she has that mask in her living room today. That's why Candace Bergen is so great. She went to Halston, had the strapless dress made with white mink and the bunny ears. For her mask and has kept them. How many people do we know that you know it went to the Truman Capote black and white ball? That's legendary.
0: only Peter Duchin.
1: If you speak to him, give him my regards.
0: Oh, I'll speak to him.
1: I used to know when he was. Listen, I hooked
0: room. him up. You know? Do you know who his aunt was, or who took care of him when he came out of that iron lung? Who? Tell me. Anita Loose. Wow. He called her Aunt Nitsy. So I said. Susan she got us going to lunches with him. And I adore him and I and I'd cut out stuff about him. Oh, well, was, he did, he did. I sent him after he got out of the covid, I thought, oh, you know, you just got to you got to not wait. You got to send stuff when you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into, now there's certain books I have many copies of <laughs> and that, and I had, I have a lot of Anita Luce. Yeah, Anita to Luce you, you, you need Anita Luce. Oh, oh
1: Anita Luce, we love, I, Anita Luce. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, come on.
0: Yes. Come on.
1: Anita Luce was stylish too. She didn't, she went, I think she wore a lot of what? What clothes? I know she wore.
0: Oh, 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 it's coming to me. Hang on. V&A.
1: You think? Okay. V&A. Okay.
0: I I thought think, so went, now I'm going to have to go to my books. Now I'm going to panic. This no, uh, panic in it. and Go find out. Email
1: me. Let me know.
0: Well, you know, can I tell you, though, and I'm sending you this because this is part of that book. I, I, I talk about her. Well, she has a scene in it. Anita, uh-huh. because she she wrote a lot for Gable or liked Gable and was always screaming, yeah, you know, yeah. but this is what she did. Now, there's two in Hollywood. And we're talking about age. I love this. <laughs> Anita was tiny. Like it, 90 pounds. Oh, and if yeah. she, she went over 90 pounds, she went to a spa in Germany. <laughs> anyway, she wore, because she had to con them in Hollywood. Okay, women were, women started Hollywood. June Mathis uh, was a director, writer. She, she developed the screenplay we use today. Which is what? which She died at 44. She shot the first, she directed the first Ben-Hur and wrote it in Rome. The silent it's on location 1926. Okay, the Silent Ben Hurt. She did the Silent Ben hur
1: which is a masterpiece.
0: Well, the other one won all the Oscars in '59, but, well, that that was wild, was, but the, the first
1: one was a real great one, too.
0: That you know? was the great one, yeah. Francis Bush, ex Bushman.
1: Oh, Francis ex Bushman.
0: <laughs> so, anyhow, so Anita, they're all friends back then, yeah, Francis Marion and all, but Anita, she needed to look young. Anita was already. Forty in nineteen. I mean, she was. <laughs> so here's what she did: she would wear ribbons in her hair, like a girl. Girl. But she was so little, they didn't. They thought she was a little girl. Oh my goodness! And a straw hat on the back of her head. Oh, like Pollyanna. And she was best friends with Helen Hayes. Now, but you Anita had a lot of best friends. You know else? And and a, and a kind of a layabout husband who was always in mental institution.
1: Oh, did dear, 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 You know who else? is a great great movie. A genius. And I know that you're going to love what I'm going to say, but she is the goddess of all, Mae West.
0: Wow. Well, funny you should mention it. I don't know if I can lift this doorstopper of a book, (laughs) but I'm going to do it. I think this is the descendant of Mae West, Dolly Parton.
1: Oh, wow. Brilliant analysis. And you know, Dolly Parton is, is so in now because everyone wants to talk about her because she donated a million dollars to Vanderbilt to help with the vaccine research. And this is where Dolly Parton will have a legacy forever. Not only for her music, but she's profiled in the New Yorker magazine. She's on. She's got her special Christmas. Dolly Parton, this little pint-sized bottle of power, donated a million bucks to Vanderbilt for the research of the vaccine for COVID. And this and do is you know how many
0: millions of books she in the Imagination Library that she invented? Oh my you God. get a free book every month of your life from birth to age five. Dolly Parton.
1: What? I didn't know And that. I bet
0: back in Hickman. Is it Hickman or Hickville? Where are you
1: Hickville? from? Hickville. Where is she came from? They didn't have no electricity. I love you. <laughs> look at you wearing these books as earrings. I do. Oh, look at you wearing these books
0: as earrings. I love your cover. I think that's why it's a bestseller.
1: I have to tell you. I people
0: writing in. I'm going over. They're ordering it now. Good. Because Uh, I love it. It's like Shih Tzu knives. uh, Get it now.
1: Adriana, you're incredible. You know you're extraordinary.
0: Okay. We have more to discuss. All right. Thank you, dear. Because anything coming from you is a compliment to me. Okay. (laughs) I wrote down this. More drawing of the lines. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about Edith Head for a second. Now, Edith Head, it was another one. I have her books, her, and they're very rare. They're hard to find. They're hard to find. But I have them. I know you do, too. Do you have yeah. them?
1: Edith head was great. Just great.
0: Well, she went on TV shows, and everybody thought, why does she wear her hair like that? And why does she wear dark glasses? It was and those a little bangs
1: look. And those little bangs. That
0: was her look. It was, and she was ageless. But she was ambitious, and she worked hard. She you know? would cut anybody if she they tried, tried to get in her she, way. Get, get out of my
1: way. Get out of my way, cause I'm coming. What she did for Barbara Stanwyck, I can't even remember who it was. Barbara Stanwyck loved her. All those great, great, and those European exiles like Ori Kelly. Barbara
0: Stanwyck, you know they, they the peplum became popular because she had a low rear end. <laughs> oh, did you know this? No, I did not know this. Okay, they had to cut it high to <laughs> give her a waist. She was box like. Oh, what? so yeah, and so they the peplum. That was to give her a fanny, so it made her sexy. <laughs> She's another one. She cut you too.
1: Oh, she I cut you. She cut you. Listen, but Edith Head, there's never been anything like Edith Head's clothes in Real Window. You could write a thesis in a master's thesis on those six dresses from Real Window. Fit,
0: the fit, the, the fit. fit. Talk about the fit.
1: The green suit, the pistachio green suit, unbelievable. The box hat, the halter top, the halter top underneath the jacket. Yep. And what about the Mark Cross bag with the overnight slip and bengwa and house slippers? That's what Alfred Hitchcock was genius. She was staying overnight. And in those days, it had to be suggested in the 50s to be respectable. Here she is a park Avenue girl, gonna lay up with the man in his bachelor pad but she went to Mark Cross and got her overnight bag. Put her slip and her paint while in it. Have you ever seen anything like Edith Head?
0: Edith Head was it. Now, you know, she kept reinventing herself till she died. I guess. And I Andre, I'm telling you, you're young, but I'm telling you this. Do you know what Heathhead did? What? She went on television shows and then she got a TV show. She had an old TV show?
1: I, like you should have. You have
0: to get Promise me. Andre, this is a lot.
1: You Andre, right here is a lot for me. Promise me you have to have a TV show for yourself. You must. And you must have me on. You know, you've got to have a TV show.
0: Well, only you, if you're my sidekick.
1: I'll be your sidekick. I'm telling you.
0: But got, you're not a sidekick, you're the main act.
1: Oh no, no you're your the main sidekick. act. The two of us listen to me. You are extraordinary. We're talking right. about my book, we're talking about fashion history. We've gone from Coco to Scaparelli to Mae West. Yeah. By the way, Scaparelli was inspired by May West's silhouette for the bow for the blast bottle of her perfume. Shocking was this, the bottle. Was shaped like Mae West's
0: body for the. Yes, and you know something? I collect those ads.
1: Oh, you see, that's very. I find
0: them. I put them. I have them around, and I cut everything out. I know you do that too.
1: No, I I read everything. I read everything. I collect everything. I'm I'm just I'm so mad for Pauline Kale. I want all the Pauline. Let's go back
0: to Pauline Kale.
1: Let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. I, I have to read her because you know what? I know she will inspire me. She will inspire my writing. Because what I read about her recently, I saw a, a, a TCM uh, pro, a documentary on her, and it was just so incredible. And she just said what she felt. You know, she wanted to be a novelist, and then she found uh, creative uh,
0: That's creative right. Writing. Her contemporary was a woman named Adela Rogers St. John. Do That's you remember right. her? That's right. That's right. That's right. She said the one thing that changed my life. I read it, and I believe I read it in the New York when I was a kid because my parents subscribed. In a coal mining town. We subscribe <laughs> to the New Yorker. Why?
1: Why? Wow. Well, no, we were, did. You we were,
0: did. We, you did. we subscribed. I, I've been obsessed with that magazine my whole life.
1: I love the New Yorker. I love
0: the I, New Yorker. I love it too, but you know, you go back and read in the archives, sometimes you get you get a little upset.
1: I know, but listen, you don't get upset with Pauline Kale. Maybe No, I'm we don't her. get
0: upset with her. Okay, so where is that? Where are where is where is the Pauline Kale of today? Now I like Richard Brody over there.
1: I, I think so too. Um the Pauline Kale of today. It may not be one. There's not. No, may not be one. That's
0: what happens, Andre, because you know what? Okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened, and you can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I moved to New York. I'm living in a boarding house. Let's say it's about 1986. I go to the dramatist Guild because they have a special guest lecturer named Arthur Miller, the playwright.
1: Well, well, there you are.
0: stuff was free. Like I went to everything free. Yeah. So he said this statement and I wrote it down in my notebook. It's here. He said lady got up and she was upset because she wasn't a famous playwright and he was, right? You always get that. You know, that's what you love about New York. Now you know, during COVID, you didn't get to do that Barnes and Noble. No thing. No. Where people no. come in off the street and uh-huh. you know, you're having a cup of coffee, they take a sit down. No, no, didn't happen. Didn't happen. You can't take it. Anyway, this lady gets up, she kind of barks at him, and he says to her, I wanna tell you something. In the history of the world, from generation to generation, there are very few playwrights. There's never 150 of them. There's not even 15. (laughs) A lot of people write plays. (laughs) But he was speaking of the ilk, right? Of Uh, the people that are at the top. At the top. And then he said this. I don't know what's going to happen to writing with television. And that's the truth, Andre. Mm -hmm. Print media sucked out a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Playwriting, movies, television. Mm -hmm. There's not enough writers born in a generation. That's correct. Now That's I'm going to give you another thing. I'm gonna give, and then you're going to tell me if I'm right or wrong. When you started at Vogue mm-hmm. in the United States of America, how many self-published books did you think there were back then?
1: I couldn't even begin to guess. Three. Three. And what, what Nobody
0: did it. <laughs> Nobody self-published. No, Right. no. Your bookstores were curated all the way back to Bennett Surf. Brilliant. Who, who would move things around. Brilliant. If anybody wants to see him, watch him on the game show channel on What's My Line.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a I, great personality. He's great. He's great. He's great.
0: I love that. Ar- I met Arlene Francis.
1: And what about Dorothy
0: Kilgallen? Dorothy Kilgallen? Well, you know, she was long gone. But well, uh, yeah, be, well, I think something bad happened to her.
1: I think so. Arlene Francis used to be well dressed too. Arlene Francis with Scotty.
0: And you know what? She wore Scassi?
1: Mm-hmm. She wore Scotty
0: do, uh, do you mind getting that poster for me, honey? <laughs> Where do you see this? This will kill you. I did a book signing in Florida uh-huh. in 2003 or something, and I met him, Arnold Scassi, oh, is wow. Isaac backwards. But uh, Isaac backwards. I thought he was Italian, but he's, he's not. He's, he's Israeli. Most, yeah,
1: I think he's from Italy or someplace.
0: No, he ain't from Italy.
1: He's from New York or
0: something. No, Scazzi is Isaac, Isaac backwards. backwards. I know, I know. But what but is he's, his no, he's, he's. Let me show you. Look at this. OK, this is his book, right? So I'm at this thing and I said said, hey can I he said you can have it but you're gonna pay for it and you're gonna donate it to the library and I said I don't have a problem with that so I had it oh I know he was a piece of work he was he is a piece of work he's not dead oh is he with us oh I'm sorry Arnold well you know who he reminds me of in temperament who Kenny J. Lane who's no longer
1: with us he's no longer with us
0: didn't they have the same personality
1: I think Kenny Lane was much more much more difficult. You do, yeah. Kenny Lane was okay. great. Kenny Lane was so self invented. He created a whole legacy around copying Verdura's jewelry, Verdura, and uh, that beef and pells. I can't do
0: this with, with one hand. I was
1: going to wear these tonight. <laughs> you got to be an op- you got to have our like an octopus because you got so- Kenneth J. Lane,
0: David Webb, they copying Fedora! I don't. I don't just have one. I have two. You got two. You gotta have two cuffs. You have to have two cuffs. Realins, you gotta wear
1: two cuffs. There you go. Oh my! I mean,
0: goodness. if you want to feel like okay, please. I know. I know we're talking about Pauline Kale, but please, Deanna Vreeland.
1: and the Maltese Cuffs from Madura. Okay, do
0: you know how many times I saw that one woman show?
1: Oh, about five. At least. Yeah. Now that put your cuffs on. That's putting the cuffs on. Brilliant of you. Brilliant. This is a great, great, this is brilliant. You had the cuffs. Well, Kenny Lane, okay. Kenny Lane, listen, Kenny Lane had the best taste. His apartment was incredible. Was His it? Best taste. Oh, the best Did taste. Did
0: you love Mario Boata? He was one of
1: my great friends. But you know, in the end, had, he was very difficult. But God Well, he
0: was Italian. I could have given you a lesson in that.
1: Oh, my darling, he was very, he used to prank me. He was a prankster too. Okay, Exhaust
0: okay, me. can I tell you, I've got, Hold on. Don't go anywhere. I'm I just have to pull it. Don't go. Stay right there. You have to see this. So when I met him, he signed it. Um, okay. But he does like, okay. So he gave me this and then he, he showed up with a toupee and a roach on to do the today show. Cause I had written this novel about um, a decorator.
1: Yeah. And, he showed up and with I his-
0: quoted him in it and stuff. Listen to and me. I, you know, Andre, this is like one of the sad things. Like, this would have been one of my best friends. Yes, he would But have. I had just had a baby, and there was no time for him. Oh, my goodness. No, I don't think. He didn't have time for me. I'm, I'm, do, I'm being funny. No, you that. perhaps
1: weren't important enough to him, but he was a kind man. Let me tell you, he was very generous.
0: Crazy about him.
1: This is what he would do. he gave me you a Christmas present. And you know, the Christmas present would be a mason jar. You know what a mason jar is? Yeah. It's jar where you put preserves in. You know from the Right. Salad, a mason fruit jar. The jar would be full of old weeds and vinegar. And it was, this happened Merry Christmas. And then he'd give you another present and he open it up and it was an elephant's condom. It was a condom for the size of an elephant's penis. And I would throw this stuff back in his face and say, what is this, Mario? Why are you giving me this stuff? This doesn't make any sense. Or I would go to a luncheon in a very swanky place like a, a club on Fifth Avenue where there would be some ladies having a lunch and they have Mario speak. And I'd be sitting right on the front seat in the center table right next to the podium and Mario would get up and off the, as he would get up to give the speech, he would throw things. He said, Hey, this is for you, Andre. And there would be a big old flat, ugly roach
0: on the he, front. He, he had a plastic roach that jumped. I said, Are you going to bring that on TV? He said, Why not? I you said, know well, I'm he, not You look-
1: know what he did? Apparently, he went to the White House. He went to the White House and he said to one of the first ladies that I will name, You've done such a great job decorating. I, no, no, it wasn't the, the White House. It was Buckingham Palace. He went to a dinner at Buckingham Palace. And he didn't say it to the queen, but he said it to, I think, the Duchess of Cornwall. Your, your mother-in-law says such a great job here, but I do see that you all have some problems. And he put the roach on one of those tureens on a sideboard and pretended the roaches at Buckingham Palace.
0: No, he didn't.
1: He pranked people. And I, I don't think a lot of people didn't like it for that reason.
0: Well, he's an Italian boy from Staten Island. Very
1: yeah, okay, yeah, that was just of humor. You know, I was at one of my friend's houses for the weekend, Pat Pat Aukshull, who was a close friend of his. She had a house decorated in Oyster Bay. And I was guarding myself. I said, I am not going to be let him prank me this time. So I knew he just arrived, and he went down the hallway. All the guests had guest rooms off in a certain week. I said, he's put something in my room. I'm going to go in there and find out what it is. So he thought I'd go in there and just start screaming, screaming. And I looked around, and in my bed, he put a whole big blow-up doll, naked blow-up plastic doll. I said, Mary, get this thing out of here. Throw it away. Just let me go to sleep, you know? You just have to treat him like, oh, this doesn't matter. Oh, my
0: gosh. But I would have been screaming.
1: But I'm glad you know. Now, what were we talk about Edith's head? It's more important to talk about Edith's
0: head. Yes, I know. But, but you know what? That was a good sidebar. Uh, on Scott's. Oskazi's Gazi. and it brings us back to the fashion of both.
1: Lane and Vodora and all of that.
0: Let's talk about Carolina Herrera. Oh,
1: she's defined. Oh, Mrs. Herrera has always been.
0: Let me tell always. you what, what. Every time I do my date book, I will, I haven't done it yet, yeah. but I put her, I put her picture, she's on the cover of something, I don't know what, but, oh, and God. she's wearing a mint, it's like a mint green skirt. Oh, she's amazing. With a dentine colored silk. Blouse. <laughs> Dentine chewing gum.
1: Oh, she's, she has style. She's got the eye. Oh, she was born with it. Yeah. And she knows exactly what to buy. She's lived that life. You know, she was born in South America, but she's lived that life where she bought clothes in Paris. And when she does her own couture, that's where Jackie Kennedy went to after she left Valentino in Rome. Jackie Kennedy was only dressed by Caroline Herrera when she left to start doing the Valentino. And by the way, Valentino, let's talk about him as a great designer, my God. I mean, those are the days when fashion mattered. It matters today, but we don't care because we in the pandemic. Yes, we love fashion. We want to see votes. Where vote are we life. going? We got nowhere to go. We got nowhere to go. I've I got, got, my, this on for I got you. my cuffs
0: in the bags.
1: Yeah, I put this on for you. This is what I put on. For you, it's December. Glory Where am to. I going in this? There's nowhere to go. We got we nowhere to, to go. The readers. go. The readers have to be inspired. To get that
0: book. This is your pandemic reading. This New York Times bestseller, the chiffon trenches. Now you're the best. You you are the there's best. So many stories in here. But this is what I, I what you know. I, I just keep saying this. Uh, Gina Beccarelli, she's getting your copy right now. She said uh we've got Kenny, Kenny in uh, New Jersey. He's got boatloads of them.
1: <laughs> boatloads.
0: Hand selling them. Hand selling them. One, and Kenny's one. books and greetings, where you would be doing a signing. That's why If there was no it. pandemic,
1: there was no pandemic.
0: So I could talk to you for the next year and a half, and we're going to get we're going to talk again. You know what, Andre? Let's do this. Let's in the new year. Let's like say January. Yeah, not far yeah. from now or February. What are we sit sitting yeah. home? What are we going to do? Yeah. Let's have a conversation again. Let's have you come on. Yeah, and I'm going to have all the uh, all the readers come back. Yes, and you're going to you're going to help us prepare for the fashion transition out of COVID and back into the world.
1: That would be fabulous, Adriana. That would be brilliant. You must wear your cuffs. You must wear those beautiful Kenny J. Lane cuffs.
0: Kenny, you rest, swear, you rest in swear, peace. Swear. They're, like the, they're swear. like the bracelets of mighty ISIS, these things. <laughs> they really are. I feel empowered when I wear them. <laughs> but you know,
1: those that women, is. Diana Veland, Caroline Herrera, the French Jacqueline de Riebe, Contest de Riebe, oh,
0: we Oh, I wanted to talk about her.
1: Contest de Riebe wrote me a letter when this book came out. I had this Federal Express thing I opened up, I said, What is this official-looking document? Is this from a lawyer? Have I am I going to jail? What have I done? Did I not pay my taxes? It was a letter from the contest to read, because I put her on the best dress list. She said, I am so moved by your, your memoir and your life is illustrious. And how charming of you to mention that I had three dresses from Yves Saint Laurent, the same dress in three different colors, because she had an exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum. And that was amazing. The personal style of the Contesterie. Now, of course the Contesterie was born into money, but the designers loved her. She had her first show. And who was sitting on the front row at her first show? Yves Saint Laurent and Valentino Garavani from Rome. That's what kind of clout she had because she had embraced those designers and had inspired them. And there they were supporting her when she had her first show as a fashion designer. And she made fierce clothes. She was fierce, mm-hmm. like Anita Luce. She's yes, still with yes. us today. She's still with us. She's a great friend of Carolina Ebernaudio Herrera. So if we didn't have the pandemic, she'd be here. We could be having lunch with her. Oh,
0: man. I'll we make could, the lunch.
1: We could be <laughs> having <halfway>. lunch. <laughs> I'll make it. Julia Reed were here. She'd be making lunch for us. Julia Reed would be making us crab soup. All oh, her recipes. Julia was the real thing. I miss All right, her. let's
0: oh. get to Julia Reed, Okay. okay? And that'll be our... That'll be our last character of the night. Okay. Meeting meaning angel character. Okay. Right. Okay. So here's how I meet her. I, her book is sent to me, would I blurb it? It's called The House on 10th On,
1: on t- something. Yeah.
0: House on 10th Street. She got married what they call later in life. <laughs> and late in life, what was she, 40? 40. I mean, that's what they yeah. used to call late in life. Yeah. And transformed this house. And then that hurricane hit yeah. Katrina. So I thought it was a movie. I thought oh. it had great dramatic tension and stuff. So yeah. I, I sent a note. Well, I blurbed it. And then I sent a note through her editor, Lee Boudreau, another yeah. great name. Yeah. And I said, I'd like to get together. So I started trotting her around to movie producers. And her voice is so distinct. oh, it, it breaks my heart that she's no longer here.
1: Breaks my heart.
0: Um, she, too, was fascinated by the movies.
1: Movies. What is it, Andre? It's a. They got it. Hollywood got it. Movies got it. You look at movies; they just—it's something about a movie that yeah. just draws you in. The details. Rosalind Russell and *His Girl Friday*.
0: Oh, come on, that
1: hat! Oh, come on, that hat. That's right. Coat. And she runs down the street. She pulls up her skirt, and she knocks that man down to get information. That's yes. a great movie. It's a great movie. And Rosalind Russell and the women in those Adrian's versions of Scaparelli. Because yes. she's got the blouse on with the eyes. You know, yes. she's wearing the blouse with the eyes. And she's got some claws. Some people have claws in their gloves. It's very Schiaparelli-inspired. Yes. You always see the influences through Adrian. Adrian had his own couture. And Adrian all was stuff. something. Adrian was something. He loved Greta Garbo. And Mitzi Gaynor was his wife. Did you Boy, know that?
0: I did not Mitzi know Mitzi Gaynor was... to Mitzi! Do you know that I saw Mitzi come dance in live? <laughs> Where? When I was a kid. In the 70s, oh my she came through Kingsport, Tennessee. She was doing a show. <laughs> and I thought she was it.
1: She was it. She's magic. Adrian. That's
0: it. why she had the good dresses. That's why. You hear these Grecian, when she danced, they were pleated. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. And they would flow. And, and they would like, across the bodice like. He do six, like gold braiding. She looked like you know, she escaped from a room, you know, from a, a Roman, a Roman, a Roman uh, harem. A Roman. <laughs> she did. And she was she was so chic.
1: Oh, yes. Movies are everything. I don't, it's not a day when I look at a movie on TCM. Every day I look to see what's playing on TCM.
0: You, me, and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-oh, my dear friend Whoopi. My you dear Whoopi? friend too. I love her.
1: Love oh, her. you got to email See, her that we talked. I'm, I'm
0: sending you, I'm going to send you the movie that I did with her. Please we
1: email her that we talked tonight. You
0: email Don't her worry, tonight. I should probably listen.
1: You Please are you too much. It. You are too much. Get Whoopi to do a show. Get Whoopi, tell her we got to have a TV show.
0: Yes, I think that that's the idea. You let me put that in the old mix, Master. I I and the we way
1: we to. just talk like this, we we're just talking. We had no script. We didn't say what we we're going to talk about. We no. We started with Colleen Kale. This is about the book but it's about everything people love, fashion.
0: One of the great writer, director, producers in Hollywood land named Michael Patrick King happens to be my bestie. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. I told him, I said, have you read the Chiffon Trenches? He says, I've read it. He said, it's fantastic. He said, there's a movie there. And I said, well, what part? And he said, he loved your childhood and upbringing.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Can you imagine the fashion show with Aunt Lavinia? Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: You could do, it could be that color thing where, where like they used to do in the movies when it was black and white, and then suddenly the fashion.
1: is color. <laughs> like in the
0: way the now Winder. there's Aunt Lavinia in her lavender. In her lavender. And you know what? Whoopi Goldberg would be Aunt Lavinia. Yes, she could. She, she could play
1: anything. Oh, she could play
0: she could anything.
1: I love her on The View. Every day I watch on The View for inspiration. I love her style on The View. Yeah. She's happy. She's moderating. And I love what she wears.
0: And there's, never been, there's never been a greater entertainer. Have you been <laughs> to her home? Haven't you?
1: Oh, honey. I spent the night in her home. Christmas Eve. Thanksgiving. I've been sleeping up there on the third floor, child. I've been sleeping on the second floor, child. I've been all up and down the house.
0: This is what people don't know about her. She's demure. She's one of the great Uh-oh. hostesses Uh-oh. of all time. Food, excellent.
1: Perfection. China, forks, glasses. She's got a glass. She could run a store. What's the store? Crate and barrel. She's her own antique crate and barrel. You
0: She's know, got- she, learned from, she learned from Elizabeth Taylor to get the studio to give you artwork back when they did that. <laughs> Oh, I and did she has an, that. Her, you saw it. She has an incredible art collection, too. She's got
1: beautiful things. Oh, great things. Great things. Great things.
0: Andre, I, I, we've got so much more to talk about. We've well, got, this is our January. Christmas night. We're going we're to make a plan.
1: We're going to make a plan, and we're going to do it in January.
0: We're going to do it in January. All so right. we're going to put a bookmark here. Yes. And then we're going to come back together, and that'll even give us more time to think of Absolutely. well, I don't even know. This was just you. just Talking for you. Pauline Kale started. Pauline Kale. She did. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm doing the ones where the lights went out. We went from Pauline Kale
1: to Mm -hmm. Kenny Lane.
0: To Kenny Lane.
1: Caporelli, Coco,
0: Cosby, Carolina. We we hit some of the big ones.
1: Now, a book you've got to read that I know you have not read, because you would have brought it up. Sheer Elegance. S-H-E-A-R. Not sheer, like S-H-E-E-R. Sheer is for like... Okay. the b- memoir, the biography of Kenneth Battelle, the great hairdresser of the sixties. I oh,
0: have baby. not read that.
1: Oh, baby, it's just out.
0: I have read "Crowning Glory" by Sidney Gillaroff.
1: Whoa, that's a good one. Well, that's he is the he is the quintessential hairdresser. You
0: don't know. I this is this is my favorite favorite. Autobiographies to read. I love these Thank because you. you can write fifty more of them, and we'd never, we'd never get enough. You never get it. enough.
1: You never get enough. Read sheer elegance about you know Kenneth the house, the townhouse where he did Jackie O's hair, Marilyn Monroe's hair, Lee Radzwill's hair.
0: Have you read talking through her, ha- talking through my hat? No, who's that? Who's that by? I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna show it to you. By the hat maker. Uh oh, uh, Bill Cunningham? Nope. Adolfo? Talking uh, through her hat is Lily Dashey. Oh, Lily
1: Dashey.
0: <laughs> we could talk about that. Mr. John was her. also
1: good too, Mr. John.
0: You know, do you know that I went on a probably it took me three years to find this hat by Mr. John who used to do Oh, this.
1: Mr. John, the famous Mr. John.
0: And I have a Mr. John hat and I have a juvenile Mr. John hat.
1: You just uh-huh. have to have your own show because you got that southern grace and charm that's so engaging. Well, you held that book up. Aren't you tired?
0: Put that book down. No, because what? this is important. This is, a, this is an opus. This is a great, great book. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. Going, going, I can't write. No, yeah, Let's, Look, I, I just want you to, I want to just say this before we go, and then we're, we're going to reconvene. We're going right to really, we'll have a book club nationwide with this book and everybody <laughs> yes, yes. has to buy it to read it. Okay. Yes. One of the things I think that's really interesting and, and important about your book is that it, it, it's, it's worth it if you have a Vogue subscription to go back in the archives and read you.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely.
0: It's, Andre, it is, it is it, it's a trip through time That
1: is just- It's history, it's history.
0: It's history and what you were interested in. I mean, and I wanna say this too to our younger readers you pull the thread all the way to Rihanna. She's in here. Oh, baby! Now, I think she's got style.
1: Oh, great style.
0: Great style. Great style. And her Fenty makeup, I'm wearing it right now. Oh, baby! It doesn't come off. You could sweat like an animal. Ah, ha, you know? ha,
1: ha, ha. That's a good makeup. That's great makeup.
0: It's good. And and, and she, she knew what to do, too.
1: All right, my darling.
0: All righty. Take care. Love come you, up, Love. Andre. I love you. Thank you for an incredible. Oh my gosh, this is sort of. We must get together in January. Email me in January. Okay. Bye. Au revoir. Love you. Au revoir. My dear friend Whoopi Goldberg said it best in the 2018 documentary "The Gospel According to Andre." Here's the quote: "Andre was so many things he was not supposed to be. Andre was the iconic creative director at Vogue." And over the course of five decades, his byline appeared in Vanity Fair, Interview, and Women's Wear Daily, among others. André was the author of two best-selling memoirs, The Chiffon Trenches and ALT, and several illustrated works, including Little Black Dress, ALT 365+, and Oscar de la Renta, His Legendary World of Style. André's influence was without borders. For his significant contributions to the arts, he was granted France's Distinguished Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters. North Carolina, USA, was the garden from whence Andre came. But he would not return to it. He'd visit, but it would not contain him. Nor would Manhattan or Paris or London or Milan, or anywhere on this beautiful planet. Andre moved through this world not to claim it, But so that we might know it, might see it, might experience it. You see, good taste, it turns out, is really about generosity of spirit. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us today. I'm thrilled that we can keep Andre alive, that you could hear his voice and experience his hilarity, his wisdom, and his love. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you, always, always for reading